The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me is mostly always is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And Ellie Toronto is back. Hey! With a new microphone. So that's why he was boisterous. Boisterous. Yeah, yeah. he's going keep that same Wait. level of boisterosity. Is that a word? <laughs> For the rest of the episode. I think it's a uh, boist testosterone. Mm, even better. That's why you're boist, the writer, John. Boistosterone. You know what? Fuck it, I'm starting a new podcast with the two of you, and it's called Boys Doster. Welcome to Boys Doster. We're all doing Will Arnett impressions. Always at an 11. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Actually, Boys Doster is probably the perfect topic, because this was going to be a Christmas episode. Um, this was going to be like, let's wrap up 2020 and be nice Christmassy, and what specials are we watching, and the kind of bullshit we do every year. Uh, but then... Uh, John Favreau gave us a final episode of The Mandalorian that stopped time, which is not what you want in 2020. Yeah. It's like, let's let's not stretch out 2020. But this episode was so goddamn big and in so many unexpected ways that uh, I, I think we need to cover it. And we'll be very spoiler heavy. So if you absolutely seen it, spoiler, is, heavy, I don't yeah. know why you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I, I in fact I was talking to people who said, "What what's podcast going to be this week?" I was like, "Last Man Alone." They're like, "Are you going to say spoilers?" I'm like, "We say spoilers for everything. We we, we do, but but you should know, kind of that's what we're going to talk about because yeah, there's you can't talk about this episode without talking about spoilers. It's no, not something you can skirt around. You know, there's some definitive shit hitting the fan there's some uh, big moments and a lot of questions so uh going around the room how do you feel about it steven um i uh i kind of assumed as soon as the the one x-wing showed up but not a squadron of x-wings showed up i was like okay there's a jedi in there um and then when he even when he had like a green light i'm like maybe it's not luke you know it's like and i was even thinking earlier in the episode we were probably 10 or 15 minutes into the episode, and I was like, this show takes place right after Return of the Jedi, right? And I don't know why I was thinking that, but I just remember thinking, like, that's when this show is chronologically set. Yeah. And uh, even up until he pulled his hood down, I was like, eh, it probably won't be Luke. And then when it was, I was kind of like, okay, it's cool that they used Luke. This face thing they do, where it's like a computer-generated thing, I'm not a fan of it. It's like, I don't know, maybe it looks better than it did on my laptop to you guys with like big fancy TVs. But like, I was just kind of like, I get that's Luke Skywalker. I get that's a body double with his face on it. But um, I don't think we're there with this technology. They should have just cast um, Bucky. You know, that's what everyone on the internet saying, right? Is that Bucky looks so much like Mark Hamill at that age, just cast him, dub the voice over and you, you're, there's your guy. <laughs> Elliot? Um, well, if you're going to ask me how I feel, how I felt about it, mm-hmm. um, flaws not with, not, notwithstanding, and there are flaws, um, 
uh, okay, so I watched it, and, and, and at first, I am so glad that I watched it as quickly as I did, because yeah, social media and the internet, everybody, nobody could help themselves. It was leaking everywhere. Spoilers, the big spoiler was leaking everywhere. People yeah. were talking about it. Um, people, I saw people sharing screen caps on their freaking Jeez. Facebook pages. A couple geek websites um, had already put up their 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 reviews and even had you know the pictures of of Luke, you know the 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 uh, CGI face Luke, and um, and even YouTube was flooded with people doing the whole um, oh their reaction video from watching yeah. the episode, you know. How do they feel? All I know is I would watch some of these reaction videos. I'm like, I swear to God, if I were in that room with you guys when this was happening, I'd be punching all y'all. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. I want to let me let me enjoy this moment right now. Yeah, I seriously. can't stand reaction videos. And granted, we're doing a whole podcast on the episode, but reaction videos drive me crazy because they'll they'll do trailer reaction videos, and then I'll go on YouTube and I'll be like, hey, that new trailer is up, and I'll put in you know movie trailer, and there will be. 30 reaction videos and i'm like i have to scroll through all of them to get the actual trailer and yeah. you know the trailer is two and a half minutes the reaction video is 17 minutes right or someone will put like their trade they'll get the trailer and they'll put it up but then they'll do like a fucking five minute intro about everything they thought about the trailer oh, yeah. and throw the trailer in the middle and keep going I'm like i don't want to i don't want to listen to you you're not what i came here for you're yeah, not so- entertainment tonight and it's yeah. not 1984 and even and even entertainment tonight knows to keep it brief. You know those folks know to not jibber jabber forever. Like, yeah, like certain podcasts do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not this one, but <laughs> like others, this one, of course. No, this one. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but um, but I will say this, and this is what I thought, and and um, like this was the Star Wars equivalent of Hey Cap on your left. Yeah. You know from from Endgame. Yeah. You know, the, the end game, if, if, you, if everybody, if we had gotten all these folks like in a theater watching this episode on a big screen, yeah, that's the kind of reaction. It would have been a seismic eruption. Yeah. People went shit bonkers. And I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. I got emotional. I got, I could not, I, I was like, I can't believe I am getting this emotional right now. Um, I was like, holy shit. I mean, this is, it's essentially what I had been waiting for, for like, you know, yeah, because Elliot, you were one of the people that didn't like the last Star Wars movie we got with Mark Hamill because you we didn't get Mark last Hamill Jedi, Jedi Knight badass yeah. moment, and this this was that this was what we've been waiting for since they started making new Star Wars. Was where's Luke Skywalker, the Jedi Master, who's supposed to be the biggest badass Jedi in the entire universe? We never got that until this episode. Until then, and and. And it was like, um, and yeah, and but I'm like with you, Steve. And then you know, I, the moment I saw the black cape and the green saber, and he had, of course, the black glove holding yeah. the lightsaber in his in his, you know, black gloved hand. I was like, oh, I was like, holy shit, it's Luke. And then when he gets to this, it gets to the um, the corridor where all the dark troopers are waiting, and you're like, it's the Luke version of Vader from Rogue One. Remember yeah, in Rogue it's a One nice when, flip. When, when Vader took down all those rebel guys, you know, it's the same, Luke doing the same thing except with, with the dark troopers. And I'm like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. I'm like, you know, the whole time. I'm telling you guys, I've watched that episode four times, okay? 
out of all the episodes of The Mandalorian, this is the only one that I've watched repeatedly, and the only one I feel like I, I, I've watched it so far four times since it aired, and it gets me emotional every time. But damn, could it, somebody at ILM done a better job with the CGI Luke? Because I'm going to tell you, it already happened. I went on YouTube afterwards, and someone who does deep fakes went mm. on, did their own version of it. Their it's version better. was better than the one. Um, that was yeah. Better. See, that's the thing I, I don't understand is I've seen really good deep fakes where they'll replace, you know, actors in movies or whatever. And some of them, they're like creepily good. And that technology is horrifying. But I was just kind of like disappointed that that's as good as it looked. And, I, and then I always excuse it as like, eh, it's a TV show budget. But this is fucking Disney. It's the, it's the biggest show they have. I don't understand how they couldn't have gotten it to look like a little bit. I do I don't think know, a little it, bit better. It was a big step up from Rogue One. That was my that was yeah. my first thought. Was like the Carrie Fisher and the Peter Cushing we got in Rogue One were a lot more robotic. I've also I'm also not quite sure how they did it because Mark Hamill was so involved that yeah. So that I in, think I I think it might have been the de aging which they used on like Michael Douglas and Ant Man. It was but it, see even they, like they de aged him. They better. did de age him. He wasn't in that room. It was a, a body. I don't think he was in that room at all. No, like, they are, they've already yeah. shown who the art actor was. Because I, I was obviously a body double for the fight scenes. But yeah, Mark when he Hamill's gets to the room, in... he, he just stands there. So I yeah. thought it was like the like the Irishman kind of thing. But it was um um yeah, but that that would have made sense. But um the no, they it was a body double, and of course they credit him. I mean, he's there yeah. at the end, and Mark Hamill. You know, they, yeah. They, you really got to watch the credits and then there's, it's like a Jedi body double or Jedi stand in or something is what they credited the, the actual guy who right. fucking swung a lightsaber around. But then is it, is it Mark Hamill's voice? Cause Hamill's voice has changed so much. Like he doesn't, he can't even do the nineties Joker he used to do much less the eighties Luke. Did they, do you think they changed his voice? Or do you think they got a, a voiceover? I mean, there's a lot of guys that do Luke on like, lego star wars and 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 holiday and holiday specials and things like that they they have a whole cast of the original star wars cast again you know there's a guy who always does yoda who's not frank oz yeah but they're doing there is now not only is there deep fake technology when it comes to faces but uh there is now a quote-unquote deep fake technology when it comes to voices they figured out right they can sample voices and then use that sampling to create a synthetic speech pattern. Um, yeah, I've seen this with like Obama as they take, you know, the yeah. hundred hours of Obama footage and run it through a computer and then spit out a speech that he's stuff he never said. And Which that, again, it's horrifying. Yeah, but, but actually that started, that started years ago with um, the company that did that. Um, they were the ones who gave um, Roger Ebert um, that technology, so that way, because after he had his um, hmm. his uh, the, his operation for his throat cancer, and he had his um, his jaw removed, uh, yeah, his voice box anymore, yeah, yeah. Um, he could then he would type, and um, he could type his speeches and actually give speeches through that voice box with hmm. his, his voice. So, so I mean, it's a cool thing, but um, yeah, you're right, it's kind of kind of creepy. But anyway, but besides that, I mean, still, as as you know, you guys have said. It's something that we had been waiting for 
and not not just me. There were a lot of folks. And that's yeah. why I think it, it was it, the the internet could not contain itself at that point. Well, that, yeah, that I'm that some... it was Luke Skywalker. That it was Luke Skywalker live action, not a video game. Although, in in in, in effect, though, it felt like when when he did kind of looked like a video game. Talking, I go, oh, there's a, that's not Luke. That's the Luke from Battlefront. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I'm I'm kind of. Um, I'm not surprised that all the internet wasn't able to keep their pants on with this, but like that, that Disney kept this under wraps, I think is it's like the fact that shit like this doesn't leak probably the biggest nerd news of the year, right? Well, what's bigger than this? And they kudos to them for keeping it under wraps. Yeah. Mark Hamill even tweeted like the same thing. Like, I can't believe Disney kept this for a year. And Mark Hamill was tweeting all day Friday. Like he tweeted a picture of him shushing. He tweeted, uh, have you seen anything good on TV? You know, he gets a credit in it. So I, I, I'm really curious. And you know, since his actual involvement, well, since it was kept so far under wraps, I haven't seen a lot of detail about how they've done it because they're they're trying, they're trying not to spoil it. And we're recording this on a Sunday night. So it's only been out for two days. I'm really curious to know how they did it. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is the way that show is locked down. You know, it's just in this bizarre soundstage with LCD screens that there's not a lot going in and out. And Mark Hamill is involved in pretty much every Star Wars production now because he's always doing voiceover. Or he's always, he even said in an interview not long ago, he's like, he's like, nobody knows how much Star Wars I've done. Yeah, because he plays like characters and does voices. He's been in every movie. Right, he because he's. I don't think characters. he's been in the prequels, but I think he's been in every Disney movie. Yeah, see, I remember reading something, and I might be mistaken. Maybe Elliot, if you know this, is that Mark Hamill voiced like aliens in the prequel trilogy, like old character here and a character there, just so no, he was I think, involved. I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think he absolutely did a CG alien in Rise of Skywalker. There's one he does in the beginning where I immediately sat up in my seat and went, "Mark Hamill," and it's that oh, one, cause one guy that goes like. Yeah, how should we thank you? And he goes, win the war. And I'm like, Mark Hamill. Yeah. It does sound like a, I was like, yeah. A, yeah as as if true. he was my waiter. I was like, hey, Mark right. Hamill. <laughs> we need more bread. The, um, the, um, the Tops, the Tops uh, Star Wars Trader app, you know, where you do the digital cards. Yeah. They will do, they have, they've had the Rise of Skywalker series they've been releasing. And there's one card of that character, like a tight up shot his face. And I remember I got like the gold card on the app, which is supposed to be like rare, which I don't care really, but I'm like, Ooh, this is a Mark Hamill character. I'm keeping it. (laughs) Yeah. It counts. Yeah. Yeah. I did love the build though. Uh, Not only did I not see it coming, but the way, the way they revealed it bit by bit, layer by layer, I didn't get it until it was really in front of me because when I saw the X-Wing come in, my first thought was, oh, yeah, there was those two X-Wing pilots in the Ice Spider episode. Those guys mm. are coming back because both seasons, Mando's gone back to all those characters and rounded them up again. And I realized in the team he puts together is everyone from the first series except for IG-11 and the Nick Nolte Ugnut because they both died. And Bill Burr because he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Bill Burr, they just let walk away. Yeah, they're just, um, get out of here. <laughs> By the way, my favorite viral video, I put it on the Facebook. Yeah, uh, I saw it. Is, uh, they, is somebody looped in one of his podcasts trashing Star Wars in a scene of The Mandalorian where he's like, he's like, Chewbacca's fucking useless. He's Bigfoot. And they put a 
face on him. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, uh, I saw it when you posted it, and I, I never listened to the podcast, but I knew Bill Burr didn't give a shit about Star Wars because I've yeah. seen other interviews and stuff. And it's, it's cut together pretty good. You know, it's like they do a good job of him just like trashing, and everyone's looking at him like, the fuck are you doing? And I found, I found other ones where he explains it. Uh, he tells this great story that he works with um, like Peter Billingsley and Vince Vaughn or producers on FS for Family. So he's in with all those guys anyway. And he said, you know, eventually you meet John Favreau because you know all those guys. He's like, and I'm at a party and Favreau goes, yeah, I'm doing the Star Wars thing. And I'm like, yeah, good for you. And he goes, uh, you want to do a part in it? He goes, he's like, you got to know that I shit on Star Wars every chance I get. He's like, I just fucking attack these people to be an asshole. And John Favreau goes, yeah, that's why I thought it'd be funny if you were on it. Yeah. <laughs> so he did it fully knowing yeah. it. And I love it. Gilbert did say, he's like, when I went into this thing and I saw like the amount of work they put into it, he goes, I started to realize, you know, like, oh, my Star Wars was like the Magnificent Seven and the Wild Bunch and all those movies. And I saw that, oh, that's what they're doing. And I started, like, I feel kind of bad about being a dick about it now. Um, but I love that he just, he yeah, just, just clearly couldn't give a shit. The episode he did this season, he's like, there's a scene where they're disguised as stormtroopers. They get in the tank and he's like, I'm taking his fucking helmet off. And then they get to the base and he gets out and he's like, oh, I can't go in there. My commanding officer's in there. He might recognize me. I'm like, where's your fucking helmet, Bill Burr? Isn't it just sitting in the tank? Never goes back for it. Yeah. He also said in one podcast, he's like, they scanned him for an action figure. And I was like, I will spend so much money to get an action figure of the guy who hates Star Wars. Yeah, as a Star Wars action figure. <laughs> yes, in the Star Wars line. It's That's like people great. always ask for the George Lucas action figure or we got the Stan Lee Marvel right. Legends. Um, and uh, I, I, was talking to, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who's like, who said, oh, they should, they should give John Favreau an action figure just for creating the MCU and Mandalorian, I was like, they could just make a Happy Hogan figure and put it right, in the Spider-Man line thing. and buy it. <laughs> you know, he, they, all those people like the franchise they're in. Well, the there is a favorite. Uh, he's the the heavy heavy armor, one of the Mandalorians in the big. Um, oh, that's right. He is, yeah. Giant gun. That's him. So you yeah. essentially, if you get that figure, you have a John Favreau. There you yeah, go. you just can't unmask him. Of Happy Hogan would be John Favreau in a suit and a with a switchable head that would have a goatee. And, right. I would and then you could put it. that head on that Boba Fett body, and there you go. Here's the other thing. He's kind of a big guy. So then you have a new body. You don't have to put him on the kingpin, but you got a new body that you can make like the ox. You can make like right. slightly big guys. Right. Can, guys that aren't giants. There's like so many villains that you could have. You know, like Rage in a suit. You could have those guys. Mm. Luke Cage. You can make a Luke Cage out of Happy Hogan. Um, but I love, but the the way it built. When I saw the X wing, I, I was like, oh, that's like Dave Filoni and the guy from Kim's Inconvenience. And then it landed, and then we saw the robe. And I was watching it with Ben, and he's like, oh, that's Ahsoka. Ahsoka's coming back for the last yeah. episode, and we know she's getting her own show. And then we looked on, and I was like, oh, that is green. I was like, there's one, there's a black glove. I'm not seeing another black glove. But it was still bit layer by layer. I didn't really know until he took. The yeah, it was the same way. I just thought they were faking us out because I thought, like, they're never really, not really going to do this, are they? Yeah. It just then, seemed, like, too good to be true. You and know? then and when I'm R2... Not a Star Wars fan, but I obviously enjoy the hell out of this, and I was glad to see it. And then after that, when R2-D2 shows up, people lost their shit for R2-D2, and I'm like, well, he's flying an X-Wing. R2's got to be there. He's got to right. help. I, I don't know how that works, but apparently you have to – it's like Apple. 
you get the machine and then you got to buy this other thing if you want headphones. To go in it to make it <laughs> yeah. work. You can't just have an X-Wing that fucking flies. Well, no, it's, it's good to go have... get an R2 unit. Yeah, it was nice to see R2 again, too. I think that's kind of like a nice touch. You know, it's like, why wouldn't he be there? Yeah. Um, it made sense, you know, and it felt right. And then, you, and know, you know... It's beeping and jiggling and puppets, but you... You could you could really infer it's like yeah R two new Yoda and R 2s like hey look there's another Yoda it's another Yoda I okay. kind of kept thinking he was gonna like open up and make like a little crib for him or something I kept <laughs> thinking like is he gonna open up and like the little Yoda guy is gonna jump in there and this is gonna be his new like crib as an R two D two it's like where's that fucking idea Disney R two D two's got so many doors on him he's basically Inspector Gadget Just yeah yeah like, yeah he, he could very like- well have a crib door that opens up. Like I always, I always wonder what that cassette tape was in the middle of his chest. A cassette tape. <laughs> it was seventies technology. Well, that's like- the thing. It's like they're running around this like massive Death Star or whatever. It was like a star destroyer, but like a tinier one and all the buttons and everything it all looks like 70s technology still it's I love like, that it's just buttons and like they pull like a computer screen down and it's just like a graph you know it's yeah. like the technology is identical to the 70s but space travel i love it yeah i was gonna say the thing too that uh, well talk about the aesthetic of the show which is great but one thing that i think should be noted it also relates to the luke thing um the music had they broke out with like luke's theme as he was mm. going through and cutting you would have known right then it's yeah. him but they use this different type of ethereal kind of synthetic music that by the way they've never used in a star wars movie no but you and know what kept trying to place the music you know what like, it's is this a theme and i couldn't so no it's it was new music but it reminded me of terminator and which I think related to the Dark Troopers, but also I started to think if you put it in the actual timeline, if this came out five years after Return of the Jedi, it would have been 1988. And that would have been contemporary music at the time in the timeline. I mean, it's, you got to loop a couple of timelines together to do it. But like that, if The Mandalorian came out as a movie five years after Jedi, it would have come out against Robocop. Mm. And it had that feel to it. The Dark Troopers totally have that feel and the dark yeah, troopers come the, from like the 90s video games were horrifying yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were like it was it, it looked like they were like 12 fucking terminators and even him getting his ass beat by that one that he finally managed to kill i was like yep there you can't beat a dozen of these guys it's not happening yeah. is is now are we saying is beskar steel now the uh star wars equivalent of adamantium oh yeah it is totally. oh yeah absolutely. and have we have we finally answered the question whether a lightsaber can cut through adamantium we can't, uh, we can't. yes can't. because now we're saying if it can't cut through beskar if beskar, can't cut through beskar then then it, then it probably can't cut through adamantium right yeah so shut up nerds yeah eat it nerds <laughs> we're solving the real questions here yeah. there was but that scene, that bit, that whole okay, and for the episode itself, I want to go back on outside of the flaws, the things that really got to me, as you said, uh, John, about it being like a, a Terminator movie. Th- that was it was probably one of the best action paced. The, the, there was a lot of action, but it was very well paced, and everything really like made sense as it was happening, as it was going along, and you're there going. Uh, you know, in the beginning, I'm like, nah, this is this is too easy for them. This is they're taking the ship too easy. They're going through. They're killing everybody. I was like, holy shit, the the body count. I was yeah. actually feeling bad for these stormtroopers. I mean, 
you're just there doing your job and suddenly some bitches roll up on you and pop out and you're dead for just doing your job. And then oh, the, how uh, the, the Mandalorian killed the one dude, you know, by choking him out, which yeah. is pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. But, so, but the action is, was paced so well. And then you had that set piece where it felt very, if, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about Indy. When Indy fights, uh, whenever he fought a big guy in any of the Raiders yeah. movies and he's getting his ass handed to him, that's what was happening to the Mandalorian with that one death trooper. Yeah, but the, the thing they keep doing with the Mandalorian, and I, I think it's the same thing that partly, me and John have talked about this before. Indiana Jones is like, there's something about this character where he's always in trouble way over his head and he gets out by the skin of his teeth. He's not the toughest guy in the world, but it's like he always finds a way to like win. And there's a lot of that in the Mandalorian where it's like this guy gets the tar beaten out of him and he still finds a way to beat the guy. You know, it's like there's a limit to what he can do. Um, but, and it, but it, but he pays such a heavy physical toll getting there. It's like, Indiana Jones gets beat beat up more than any other here on the books, but the Mandalorian is like quickly becoming, I mean, even in like the third episode of the first season with the Jawas, they beat the shit out of him. You know, it's like he does nothing but get his ass beat for two seasons. Um, but the, always being able to come out on top is, has that like Indiana Jones quality to it. But what amazed me about the pacing of the action, as you said, Elliot, was uh, John Favreau has not directed a single episode. He's written a lot of them. He hasn't directed a single episode yet, and this one was so well-paced. I was like, who did this? It was Peyton Reed. Yeah, man. I mean, like, there is no action sequence in either Ant-Man that's this good. Right. Like, Ant-Man, it's like Peyton Reed comes from comedy, you know? Um, Comes from, like, Mr. Show. I think he'd bring it on. Um, Like, so they hired him for Ant-Man to do the comedy. But all of those... I've never felt like Scott Lang was going to get his ass kicked in, in either movie. And he nailed it. Well, the, the thing that, that, is, that works with The Mandalorian is apparently, and this is something I've read, usually when one guy's doing an episode, all the other directors from the other episodes are on set there too, like watching mm-hmm. and, you know, help, and helping out. And like, sure. they'll say, oh, you can do this, you can do that. And they're even all the directors are very collaborative about how um, how um, they bounce ideas off each other. So I could see that happening. Like maybe he was going to do this, and then maybe like you know uh, Taika Waititi said, "Hey, you know, it would be really funny if you did that." And you know Bryce Dallas Howard came in and said, "Oh, if you framed it like this, I can see you know because when you look at that uh, that show, especially the second season, first they really upped the action. The yeah. second season, you can tell with the budget." They were budget too, the scope. Yeah. The action was a lot more pronounced, mm-hmm. um, and it and um, and there was really for you know it was really good, but it had a more of a real consistent look, which you don't expect as much with um, a show that has so many different people directing it. Right. Yeah, and it's not even uh, a season arc as much as a lot of shows. I mean, there's definitely a beginning, middle, and end, but but and even though they're called chapters, they're not. It's not like Picard was, or uh, you know, where it was like each episode is the next part there's they do go like this episode pretty much self-contained you know um it just has a beginning middle and end but now the subplot's going to connect so it's it's not like game of thrones where where basically the director is just kind of calling the shots because no one person could direct everything right there there is a little bit of leeway to there but you're right it was amazingly consistent and i think this pays off because 
Disney announced they have 80 million subscribers now. They announced two weeks ago that they have like 30 shows coming. Uh, they did not announce a show that was announced at the end of this episode, which we can get to. Uh, but we only really have the Mandalorian for like this year. That's the only thing people have been talking about. I really like the world according to Jeff Goldblum, but then there wasn't a world yeah. anymore. Right. So there's no season wasn't a lot for him to do. Yeah, but, um, but really this is the only thing keeping it going, whereas something like, even something smaller like CBS All Access, we've got four Star Trek shows going. Like, right. you know, when uh, Discovery ends, we're not going to have to wait that long until we get Picard again. With Disney, we got Mandalorian. We waited a year. We got more Mandalorian. So the pressure on the show uh, is, is almost insurmountable, and they managed to surpass that. Yeah, I'd, I remember reading that the Disney said that the Mandalorian was three times more popular than anything else on the app. I'd be surprised if that hasn't changed and it hasn't gone up um, just based on the second season. I mean, it's, I'm sure they're going to pick up more subscribers when people kind of hear they're, they're not fucking around, you know, it's like, and now we've got all these other shows coming down the pipe. You know what I mean? It's like in two weeks, we're going to have the first Marvel show and uh, you know, 12 months or 12 weeks after that, we'll have the next Marvel show. So it's, this next year will be like the first year where this app's actually going to feel like a streaming app. I'm going to this app to watch two things, Mandalorian or cartoons from when I was a kid. And the only one of those that I'm rushing to go see is the Mandalorian because it's new content. There's not a lot of additional new content on here. Even like the Marvel behind the scenes shows they're putting out. I watched like the dance slot writing Invincible Iron Man number one. And it's like, okay, it was fine. Entertaining. Yeah. You know, interesting to see. The Paul Shear one's really good. Yeah. And that one and, I'll uh, check out at some point. And the toy one is fantastic. Right. So it's like, there's interesting stuff, but the, this, uh, uh, it's been a while since I watched anything where I was just like, holy shit. Look, look at what's happening on yeah. the screen. The, and uh, the only other show really did that. The only other show I really enjoyed in the last year with Disney was Muppets now. And they didn't announce anything about Muppets at the investor thing. I was like, I thought that show was hilarious. It was only six episodes. I was like, you know, you just give me another 12 of these. These are great. And nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's obviously Marvel and star Wars drive the bus, but it's been so long to get any of it. I think Marvel in 2021, Marvel's going to be driving, taking over the Disney plus, uh, bus for a bit. Yeah. Disney plus plus. The Disney plus plus, the Disney bus plus. <laughs> um, and then I, I think it's, you know, let star Wars cool down a little bit, you know, because yeah, there's going to come a time where they're going to have uh, how many shows that they announced. There's going to be something all Star Wars everything. Constantly. Yeah, that's actually the thing I'm worried about is like, uh, I saw a great meme from Jurassic Park 2 where it's John Hammond and he's trying to convince Ian Malcolm to go back to the island. And he's like, don't worry, we're not making all the, well, the same mistakes. And Jeff Goldblum says, no, no, you're making all new ones. And that's my worry is that like, The Mandalorian's doing really well. It's a very good show. They announced 15 more shows, 12 more shows, 20 more shows, whatever it is that are all... Um, Star Wars and it's just like they're not all going to be the Mandalorian (laughs) and I'm worried that they're going to just make so much new content and it's not all going to hit and it's there's going to be some stinkers in there and you know you just anytime Disney does a big expansion of something I'm always a little bit like take it easy guys don't don't get too excited well that's a great segue into the post credit scene which um when we leave the Mandalorian, it's really weird because we don't know where it's going. Um, it seems to be 
it's a very good ending. Like if we never see Grogu again, okay, that can be the end of that story. There are plot threads that are just dropped. Like I had to see it the second time. I'm like, hey, did Moff Gideon die? No, Moff Gideon didn't die. I was like, oh, did that other Mandalorian that that he shot six times die? No, she's standing there. I was like, then then there's this whole thing of like, well, you have to kill Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan's going to have to kill you to get the Darksaber. Just dropped. Like, when when they leave, that is the end of that episode. There's no inkling of where that's going to go. Elliot? Why don't you say not kill? She just has to beat you. Yeah. No, again, it, it, was, it, it happened in um, Clone Wars. The same so thing. you watched all the Clone Wars, right, Elliot? No, not all of them, but the significant ones. Okay. I, did, so this, I went back and I did a little research, too, but yeah. Gotcha. So this stuff they said about the dark saber, that's like baked into the story, right? Where it's like, you, you can't just give it off to somebody. Was that part of it's like mythology or whatever? Ish. In yeah. Rebels, in Rebels, in Rebels, Bo-Katan did have it handed to her. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, but they're like, and I was, re- I was watching and then I was reading some folks in the comments were like, well, how come it was okay here, but it's not okay here? And then some folks were saying, well, it's already happened once and Moff Gideon is right there and he's going to know the truth. You can't, you can't have like a guy who says he's the true ruler of Mandalore out there knowing that you didn't really win that symbol of, yeah. of, of power. So I, I could see that. So yeah, you can play with it. There are a lot of ways that you can fudge with it. I know what happened was John Favreau was writing the episode and, and, and Dave Filoni was there going, I don't know if that's going to work. And he goes, no, trust me, trust me. I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Which is apparently what they do. They actually have back and forth about plot points just like that. Yeah. Because Dave Filoni knows it all. He knows all that shit. I didn't know that Dave Filoni wasn't involved. I'd be like, what's wrong? Because like the bit about the the helmet that the um, Jin Din couldn't take his helmet off. I'm like, you saw Mandalorians take their helmets off the time, all the time, off all the time in 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 Rebels and in Clone Wars, and it's like no, no. And in Attack like, of the Clones, Django barely has his helmet on at all. But he's not a Mandalorian. Django's not. Yeah, a but but that's the thing. There's a bit of retconning going on with the Mandalore history, and it's one of those things where you know if you just watch the movies, you know there's a Boba Fett, and then you know there's a Django Fett. You don't know anything about Mandalore from the movies. So then they in those first couple of episodes when they start filling it in of like showing the Beskar armor and that this is the way and we don't take our helmets off. They started to paint themselves into a corner where I was like, yeah, Django took his helmet off. And in Rebels, that girl, Sabine Wren, is always taking her helmet off. And they were like, oh yeah, well, it's one kind of Mandalorian that does it. And it's another kind of Mandalorian that does that. And Mandalorians are not, there's a homeworld Mandalorian planet, but Mandalorians aren't a, a race. Some Mandalorians are like this and some, I feel like every time they define what a Mandalorian is, they then fracture that and create a subsect of Mandalorians. I, right. It's I don't like, know it's that I people, still know what Mandalorians are. It's not culture. Yeah. It's like, that, there's that an was, exception to every rule that they set down. Yeah. That's the origin of the hashtag, not all Mandalorians. <laughs> mm. Not all no. Mandalorians are like that. We're not all like that. And like also, that also the hair, where Bo-Katan goes to, goes to Mando and Boba, well, not all Mandalorians are bounty hunters, which for a while you actually believed way back when. Yeah. You know, some of us are like to a call to a higher purpose. I'm like, oh, that was bitchy. <laughs> well, yeah, and that, so I'm still a little fuzzy. I did love that scene with them together where as soon as Boba said something, they were like, it was like a cat. They were like 
fuck you. Like, as soon as they hear that Jamora Morrison, they were like, yeah, if you think that's a fucking it, clone. Get the, get the fuck out of here, Boba you fucking Fett clone. has got to have the most recognizable voice in the galaxy, yes. right? Because he's the clone of millions or however many clones there were. It's like, everyone is going to know what this dude sounds like. This guy and no, can't hide And anywhere. nobody has good experiences with clones. Right. Ask Spider-Man. Ask Obi-Wan. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I did really enjoy that, but I, I, it's, it's weird. I, I want to know more about it, but every time I learn more about it, they're like, ah, yeah, but he's not a real Mandalorian. And you know what? It's like Star Wars fandom. <laughs> of the Mandalorians. It's like, yeah. whatever you like, somebody, somebody's going to come along and go, yeah, you're not a real fan because you didn't read the books. Or, you're not a real fan because you don't hate the prequels. Or you're not a real fan because you never appeared in the holiday special. <laughs> yeah, I'm I would sorry. say the, uh, the, it doesn't matter really how deep it is in the people going back and forth or whatever. It's like, this show should just kind of be allowed to do what it wants within the realm of what it's created for itself. And it's like, I should be able to watch this show and I have been without having to watch rebels or clone wars or all that crap. Cause I probably won't be able to do it. You know, my one buddy's a big star Wars guy and he's like, Oh, he's like, it's so good. You'll love it. If you watch it, it's just, there's a lot of episodes and material to get through. And it's like, yeah, I don't know that I care enough about star Wars to watch five seasons of a cartoon that it's like, it's oh so i can see where this dark saber it's like i got it it's like it's a it's a it's like a lightsaber it's black it's cool and now this guy's got it so it's like he's got the jetpack impenetrable armor uh beskar spear and now a fucking power sword i mean who wants to fight this guy (laughs) you know what i mean it's like levels up every season everything he's get just gets xp points every three episodes yeah seriously yeah, I have a hard time with the animated series too. It's like I, when Clone Wars was on Crutching Network, I hung on to like season four and I just wasn't enjoying it. And then when Disney Plus, I watched like the first two of Rebels and I was like, eh, it's Clone Wars all over again. And when Disney Plus came out, I was like, all right, let me go through Rebels. And I got to like season three and dropped off. But, um, but speaking of where the story is going to go, that pro credit scene changes everything. And I'm like, well, this is season three of The Mandalorian. And then they announced, nah, it's its own show. Yeah, I I don't I didn't care for like the post credit scene too much. It's Seriously? just like yeah. I mean, here's the thing: it's like I don't care about Boba Fett, and I never did. And Boba Fett, they made cool a little overdoing it when he comes out and finally is like a badass. And I don't know, episode five or whatever it was this season, which Robert Rodriguez directed. Yeah, and it was cool action and all that stuff. And he's like a fine character, but it just seems like a bunch of Boba Fett nerds are just way overdoing it on how much they think Boba Fett's awesome. So now there's going to be an entire show about this guy, about how he's like the new job of the hut. And I just, when he, when it was happening, I thought he was just going there for revenge because like that guy with like the big penis wrapped around his head yeah, is like Fortuna. A, yeah, yeah, he's terrible. So kill him, sure. But then he's like, oh, I'm going to be the new like job of the hut of like some shithole planet. I'm like, that's your greatest aspiration. This guy's like one of the most deadliest dudes in the galaxy. He's got a ship. He can go anywhere. And he goes back to a shithole planet that he's not even from. And he's just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be the guy who used to just sit here with like a bunch of pig guards. What does he do? Oh, I'm a spice trader. That's his greatest aspiration is to just be like a gangster on just a turd of a planet. Well, uh, Valid points, Stephen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, mind you, 
they did reveal Darth Maul to be the leader of the, of the crime syndicate at the end of Solo. Um, so there's that whole thing. Being a mob boss is in on the outreaches of the galaxy is also kind of like being your own moth, you know? So everyone's coming after, you know, if, if you're the guy sitting in that chair, everyone's got to an answer to you. Yeah. Um, and damn, did Bib Fortuna gain some COVID weight? Oh, yeah. yeah. He, got, he was living. I think everybody that sits on that throne gets fat because <laughs> even Boba Fett's fat, you know? <laughs> It's like Jabba got fat after episode one or whatever. They stuffed him in, you know? And then he shows up in Return of the Jedi all fat, and then this other guy got all fat. Well, it's interesting, Elliot, you bring up uh, Solo and Darth Maul's connection because I was just listening to Smartless, which is the podcast that Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes do, and they were interviewing Ron Howard, which was really interesting. Uh, it's definitely worth a listen to. Most of it's about Arrested Development, which makes a lot of sense. But at one point, we learned it's like, hey, are you going to do another solo? And Ron Howard goes, nah, we're not going to do another one of those. But I'm pretty sure the whole gangster world will be picked up in Disney+. Plus. And they mm. had just announced the Lando show, which they haven't announced as Donald Glover's show, but it, it needs to be. Yeah, and I was really like, oh, we'll Donald probably Glover pick up show. on that. But now this Boba Fett show is kind of going to be the boardwalk empire of Star Wars. Yeah, is that the oh. idea? Is that this will be like a crime syndicate show? Nobody knows. We saw one scene and it's called The Book of Boba Fett. That's all we know. I mean, I'm sure they're going to like do all the backstory, talk about how he, you know, got out of the Sarlacc pit, which, I mean, it's not that hard to, to rationalize. The dude was still wearing his jetpack when he went into the pit. He jetpacked out of it eventually, you know? So, but then you have all that other stuff going on. The thing, though, is Solo took place probably takes place a good 10 years before the events of what's happening in um, the Mandalorian. So you can't, Darth Maul's long dead, so you can't bring him into it. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, there was supposed to be a solo trilogy that dealt with Darth Maul, and that's uh, solo. It's a little vague, but solo feels like it's five years before New Hope. Because they, I mean, but, but I mean, but Darth Maul's dead, though. Uh, ben, ben Kenobi killed him in Rebels. Killed him finally once and for all. In, oh. in, in Rebels. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, so then, yeah. the and as we know, they're beholden to Dave Filoni. Becomes the new yeah. hut. So this is the other thing that I get confused about is like the timeline. And I think that's why yeah. I was thinking when I was watching Mandalorian, I'm like, this is after Return of the Jedi. After Return, they, yeah. And then even when the Jedi showed up at the end, I'm like, maybe this is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, I thought maybe it was him, but then I'm like, oh no, it's after Return of the Jedi. That dude's dead. This has got to be, you know, somebody else. Yeah, Star Wars <laughs> is starting to do the Star Trek thing where... They've yeah. rebooted it so many times and they've and done they it bounce in, around in so many different timelines. Timeline. Yeah, that they can be wherever they want. Like Star, Star Trek on CBS, which will become Paramount Plus because everything's got to sound like Disney. Um, they have, you know, right now they have a show that takes place in the original pilot of Star Trek. They have a show that used to take place 10 years before Star Trek and now it takes place 700 years after Star Trek because they time traveled. There's an animated series that takes place during the next generation and Picard, which takes place 15 years after Next Generation. So any show that they come out with, they're going to go, yeah, here's a time that we're going to drop it in here. That's what Star Wars is doing now. Yeah. If they want to do a Knights of the Old Republic show. They should. Yeah, I mean, they're doing Rangers of the New Republic. I don't, they're, I don't know when any of these shows are going to take place. Lando could very well be Billy D. Williams walking around <laughs> with a cane going, sweet. Sweet. <laughs> with a Colt 45. <laughs> Yeah, I hope not. I'd rather. Yeah, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I want 
I want my fucking my fucking six episode mini on Disney Plus, like they're gonna do with with the Obi Wan series. You know, the Obi Wan series is not gonna be a whole series; it's just gonna be a, a mini series, right? Six right. episodes. Yeah, you're the whole story. Is that confirmed? Yeah, you and McGregor. Yeah, that's fantastic. And he he's even he said it. He goes, it's gonna be. He goes, they're filming it like it's gonna be like the Obi Wan movie because there was supposed to be an Obi Wan movie. Right. Then they remember when all that stuff about the solo movie, you know, tank, tank, quote unquote, tank. Even though it's still made millions of dollars, but not as many millions as they need. Right. Somebody's counting those millions, Elliot. They want their fucking money. (laughs) Right. So so they said, okay, we're not gonna do a Kenobi movie. But then they're like, oh wait, we need we need Star Wars content for Disney Plus. Let's do a Kenobi miniseries and do it just like a movie. Yeah, that's, and that's smart. And they said that in the investor meeting about talking to Winter Soldier, they said there's six episodes. This is a movie. Yeah, they said and, that know, they filmed them like movies and they just broke them up into little chapters. Right, and, and the platform is so young that nobody's talking about multiple seasons right now. They might be planning it, but right now they're just like, we're going to do this show. And they're not like... Right, see how it goes. Yeah, because WandaVision, we know... After season one of WandaVision, she's going to appear in Doctor Strange. And, and that's where her story's going to pick up. They're saying that this yeah. is like a multi, multi-part, multi-platform, multi-dimensional trilogy. But then that Spider-Man she, will be the third part of it. Right. But then does she come back for WandaVision season two? We won't know for a while. Right. There might not be a Wanda season, right. no, WandaVision season two. Yeah. Obi-Wan, it sounds pretty solid that Ewan McGregor's like, I'll do it once. Right, but and honestly, I'm sure if it makes a buttload of money, they'll do another one. It's like they probably only had one season of The Mandalorian planned, right? Because if it bombed, they're not going to make a second season. So it was like, okay, season one did really good. Let's do season two. Obviously, they're going to do a season three. Who yeah. knows what that's going to look like or when. Um, now, is the Boba Fett show being done by John Favreau or somebody yes. else doing that? Same creative. It came out today. It, 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 they confirmed it's a separate show, same creative team. Mm. And Does then Favreau and Filoni together. I believe so. Yeah. And then the Rangers of the of the New Republic is supposed to be uh, them as well. So I think they're. I think Favreau is becoming like the Greg Berlanti of Star Wars. Where I mean, he was. He was. When you think about it, he helped kick off the MCU. I mean, he was. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's solely responsible. Absolutely. Let's put it this yeah. way: nobody talks about the Ed Norton Hulk. Right. Yeah. Yeah, nope. Because you know, it's yeah. all it's all built on Favreau and Fa- um, Favreau. Man, that's a career you want to have because the guy, the guy got very pissed off after Iron Man two, the same way Joss Whedon did, and then Joss Whedon went to DC and uh, you know, kind of made Justice League, and then had his Batgirl movie canceled, and Favreau just kind of stopped. He, he agreed to keep acting and kept a good relationship with them, and yeah. then. And they're letting him just run Star Wars now because he gets along with Disney. That's, that's well, and I think the thing is he gets Star Wars too. You know, it's like, not like the guys who took a stab at it with the last trilogy. It's like, they had some nice ideas and they had a lot of terrible ideas, but it's like, John Favreau actually knows what the fuck he's talking about. You know what I mean? It's like when you're putting that little troop carrier in it that only nerds like you had when you were kids, it's like, he's singing to you people. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, he knows what he's doing. He should have the keys of the kingdom. They should let this guy kind of run the show. It's like, you know, he's proven himself. Yeah. Well, I, and I personally love him because he's like a 
50-year-old guy from Queens who grew up yeah. with Star Wars and Marvel Comics. And pretty much everything he does, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what I, I – uh, yeah. had they given me free reign, I would have done – I would have had a Boba Fett fight Jawas on a Sandcrawler for 20 minutes. Yeah. If I had had the Sandcrawler toy, I would have been doing that on Rockaway Beach. And maybe John Favreau didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like maybe he was doing that. There's a meme I just posted um, – it, it says Dave Filoni and John Favreau writing season three of The Mandalorian, and it's a catalog shot of two kids in the seventies playing with adats and screaming. Yeah, it's and great. I'm like, yeah, that's and that's what we needed. Like when um, when the the Mandalorian team was killing every single stormtrooper on that cruiser, as you were saying, Elliot. Like I said out loud, I'm like, this is all I ever wanted from Star Wars. Yeah. I don't want the Force. I don't want Jedis. I don't want the children of Skywalkers. I want guys flying spaceships into dirty towns, getting out and shooting people, and then getting on spaceships and shooting stormtroopers. That's all I want. That's all I wanted. That's all yeah. I did with my figures. I think the I would whatever the conceptual genesis of taking Star Wars and making it a Western was brilliant. I mean, I don't, it's like, it, it just, it's so perfect the way it works. It's like, instead of going from town to town, you go from planet to planet, you've got your ship as your horse. It's like, it just, they just nail it. Um, and I, I, I'm glad we're getting a season three Mandalorian. I'm a little skeptical about all these other Disney properties just cause it seems like so much. And I, I don't know if we have like the bandwidth for it, but, um, it's 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 like it's this is what star wars is supposed to be you know this is they finally cracked the formula you know it's it's unfigured out since empire strikes back and now they've got it again you know they figured out what they're doing i disagree but you're a bigger star wars fan you know that's not even that no no don't get me wrong i'm not saying that the mandalorian isn't star wars it it is it's very much star wars it's it's you know i i get it it's but it's it's more, it's, it's a lot, well, it's a lot of the, the emotional part of it, you know? Mandalorian totally plays on, on your emotions. It, it's, the, the scripts aren't always the smartest. The characters aren't always the brightest. A lot of things happen just for the sake of them happening, but because you're invested in the characters, you go with it. Yeah. And Season three of The Mandalorian, we're going to find out if the show really is as hot as it is without the baby Yoda. If there's no Grogu in season three, we're going to see if the show generates as many memes and gets as much talk as everything. Because let's let's be honest, that was the secret sauce of the first two seasons. I give Jon Favreau a, a ton of credit for creating Grogu, you know, for that first season and getting everybody all went crazy about it. Then the second season, and I'll, I'll give him credit for this too. Could have dragged that whole, we're looking for the Jedi, we're looking for someone to be his teacher. Could have dragged that on for even more seasons. Decided, no, you know what? And the season two, boom, here's Luke Skywalker for you. Because you know it's got to go to Luke. If it takes place after Return of the Jedi, and he's the, the rebuilding the Jedi Order, he's out there looking for Jedi. So it only makes sense that Luke shows up. And Favreau could have... St- dragged it out more no he said no let's not boom season two here it is this is we're gonna give you the payoff right now so i give him all the credit in the world for that but now it kind of gets me it's like their folks are going well you know uh, force awakens was star wars none of the other disney movies were star wars i'm like 
when The Force Awakens came out, everyone was talking about how we finally got a new Star Wars movie after Lucas couldn't give us quote unquote real Star Wars, right? And then, um, and then, um, and then, then people turned, and then the the camps were split with the Last Jedi, which I will say time and time again, I'm cool with the Last Jedi up until Luke dies of exhaustion at the end of the movie. Yoda died of exhaustion. No, he died of old age. It was it. He was exhausted. Five hundred years He's old. Exhausted of living. He was waiting for this kid to show up. I think all the Jedi already. die of exhaustion. Isn't that what Obi Wan Kenobi? I think did the, the same franchise thing. He got died tired of, of swinging that lightsaber. He just gave up. <laughs> like, I mean, oh. so it's like, what is it? You've seen this meme, John. It goes, uh, "Now that I've got kids, I finally understand Yoda dying of someone constantly asking him questions." <laughs> well, I gotta and- say, with Grogu, I. Uh, I I it was like an interesting idea. This kind of like lone wolf and cub type. Uh, story element. I wasn't ever like crazy about Baby Yoda. It was always like, okay, it's fine. Have him, you know, if you like. And I'm actually kind of excited that he's gone because I was concerned that the show was just going to be find an excuse for the Mandalorian to keep this kid way past when he should keep him and that we would just have this like, it would be stagnant. And now I'm thinking like, okay, good on you for uh, maybe getting rid of him. Who knows? The next episode might be him stealing that baby back from Luke Skywalker. But it's like, it was interesting and ballsy of Favreau to be like, oh no, we, we maybe have written this thing out of the series and then we're, we're going to follow the protagonist like we're supposed to. Well, um, and, that's, and that's clear, I think, the maybe. I mean, there's a million different ways to bring Grogu back into the story. Because uh, the most depressing thing that hit me today was like, hey, if we never do anything else with Grogu and we see him go off with Luke and everything's great, then Grogu gets murdered by Kylo Ren. Mm. No, That's- not necessarily. Because remember, uh, uh, the, Force, uh, the Force Awakens takes place like 30 years later. By then, yeah. by then, Grogu's already a Jedi. He could have escaped. He could be like... He's 50 but in, and he's a baby. Yeah, in 30 years, he's going to look identical. <laughs> so that's yeah. the other thing. Gonna, Next be like, time we see Grogu, it could be 100 years after the Mandalorian. He's going to look the same. And he'll be like be dead. No, he'll be like Teen Groot. Remember Teenage Groot? Yeah, no? right. Yeah. He'll Teen be Groot older. would not have survived Kylo Ren. No, he wouldn't have. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I, I, and I know everyone said, well, then that means he gets killed by Kylo by Kylo. I don't know, not necessarily. Plus, I know this. Um, again, uh, because if Favreau and Filoni, they have pretty much rights over the character, you know, yeah, come on, they've kept Ahsoka around for it. Yeah, that's true. Because Ahsoka, everybody, when Ahsoka got popular, everybody's like, and then Anakin's gonna murder her. Right. Like or clone troopers are going to gun her down, and now she's Rosario Dawson, and she's getting her own show. Yeah, I think my concern with Grogu would be is that like producers and people, these fucking people that look at money, <laughs> being like, you know, we can't sell as many toys without that baby. You better put that baby back in the show. And that's my concern is that like the powers that be are going to pull their strings and they'll ham fist it and then we'll get stuck with this thing that the creators of the show or the people actually telling good story don't want necessarily back on their plate. And you know, well, you never know. I mean, only time will tell. We could very much get, we're getting like a, a baby group animated show. Disney plus could very easily do a Grogu 
Disney Junior show. Learning how to be a Jedi. And that keeps it alive. Yeah, just with the Mandalorian being cute. Or, just throwing this out there, if anyone's listening, and I will gladly volunteer my services to be in this writer's room. Um, How about a new Jedi Order series following Luke up until the time of Kylo Ren? You know, that's a lot of territory there. Then we can see baby Grogu learning to be a Jedi and all that stuff. Come on. Possible. I'm sure it's in the works. It's too much of a hole. Yeah, we're not not going to see that baby Yoda again. There's no way they're going to put that cash cow to bed. (laughs) So it will be back in some form or another, definitely. And Steven, you do realize that that many of the things that they created for all the Star Wars movies that were going, oh, that's going to make a great toy. Yes. I'm sure some guy was thinking that about Jar Jar Binks when he was just a sketch on a piece of paper. George somewhere. Lucas was thinking that about Jar Jar Binks. 75% of Star Wars is, oh, that'll make a great toy. Yeah. It's the reason Kenner was found. Kenner was like, Kenner was a, a, a division of cereal. They were part of General Mills when they got they the made license. like cereal box toys. Yeah, because Mego and Mattel said no. It's like That's crazy. That, toys are some of the reason it exists. But... um Speaking of things that exist, what is what's your greatest thing in the world this Christmas week? What do you what do you think is really awesome besides Star Wars? Elliot, am I going first? Yeah, you go first because I don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> you go last. <laughs> oh no! Uh, well, right now, I mean, I'm telling you, the uh, I'll switch over uh, back to you, you brought up at Star Trek. Um, I've been watching. I hold off on watching my uh, Star Trek, which oddly doesn't really get spoiled as much. Although I got freaking spoiled on this last episode, finally, um, of the, the uh, Terra Firma Part 2 um, that got spoiled for me on my freaking Yahoo News. Was it at the identity of the one guy? Was of, it that what? Was it, was it the identity of the one character? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, damn it. Okay, I mean, I, I read I a specula- I read a speculation article that proved to be right, and I went, "God damn it!" Yeah. So, um, so, but it was still a great episode, and but I, I like to watch, like I would watch my Mandalorian and my Discovery episodes back to back, because again, you know, if I watch Mandalorian, if I'm watching Star Wars, I can have it, te- you know, push all my emotional buttons, which, again, uh, um, the, the, this last episode the, did phenomenally and actually the last three four episodes of mandalorian hey it came it the the last four episodes of this season were just you know perfectly set up but push all the right buttons star trek discovery was running on similar tracks i would watch the episode of discovery that would come right after that mandalorian i'm going wow it seems like they're exploring similar themes in a way about um you know relationships and just like uh the season finale of of of, of discovery of, of the Mandalorian dealt with the Mandalorian handing over Grogu in that bit of separation and letting go. Same thing happens with uh, uh, Michael Burnham in mm-hmm. Discovery, and handled incredibly well too. And I'm like, oh man, these shows just hit me in the feels right now. So um, I would say um, if you haven't, you know, for right now, and, I, and luckily there are a few more episodes of Discovery still to come. So yeah, I'm, they're doing 13 this year, so we've yeah. got three left. So I'm not, I'm not, not going to have to go cold turkey for that. And then, um, so right now, I would say uh, uh, greatest thing in the world for me right now has been uh, that CBS All Access Pass. 
Oh, and um, and um, HBO Max, which uh, right now is also uh, loading a ton of stuff on it that got me into. I did not realize that it had um, it had like all these old cheesy sci-fi movies, all the old Godzilla movies. Um, it's got um, Superman Four: Quest for Peace. Seriously, I haven't seen that in forever. Guess yeah. what I'm watching? Yeah, <laughs> it's worth a rewatch. Yeah. Oh, you have my voice. <laughs> That's a great movie. And don't forget, we're getting Wonder Woman '84 this week like on Christmas days. Day. Yeah, Christmas yeah. Day. Yeah, we were supposed to we were supposed to pay twenty bucks for it this summer, and it now was it's free. But just like the thing, I, I guess when we to back to a quick point, I know we're still wrapping up, but. The Stevens point about that there's so much stuff right now, so much Star Wars. At least it's not all, they're not all Star Wars movies that we're going to have to like drag our asses into the theater to see. Right. At least when it comes to, it's going to be on Disney Plus. I can watch it at home. And it'll be spread out. They're not going to drop all these things at once, right? Right. Like it'll piecemeal it out so you'll be able to fucking take it all in. I have loved these past couple months knowing I get Star Trek on Thursday, I get Mandalorian on Friday. I watch an hour. And I'm done for the week. I'm, it's not, boom, here's 13 hours to get through. And I run through it in a week. And then, boom, here's another 13 hours to get through. It, it, I feel like I'm watching network television again. I'm like, oh, three days is going to be a new discovery. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy the gap. I don't, uh, I don't not like, I don't care for binging. I do it because we're all, what else can we do? <laughs> but the spreading it out, and you know, an episode a week is, just fine with me. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Marvel shows. I'm looking forward to more Star Wars like this. I think it's a good way to do it. And it doesn't overwhelm you. My big thing is that the barrier to entry is too much content. And if I see 50 episodes of something, I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna do it. Well, speaking of binging on too much content, my greatest thing in the world this week is uh, Comixology, which has become the only way I read comics now during COVID. Uh, has some massive end of the year sales right now. There, um, DC has got everything about fifty percent off. Uh, Marvel has like the best of twenty twenty on sale for um, so so uh, runs that I've been catching up on. But the craziest thing, and I feel like I need to talk about this on the show. This the sales are running until November, January third, so you have time for this. They have a Marvel Masterworks sale. They have. <laughs> See Elliot nodding. Every single Marvel Masterworks they put out, which now go up to like $75, $100 for the hardcover, are 99 cents. A some buck. of these now. Wow. Like a freaking it, buck. It's That's so crazy. You could fucking conceivably spend $82 and have the silver age. Yeah. Of Marvel in high quality scans. And it's like I'm in the same way I've spent the last few years getting rid of my Blu ray selection and going to the cloud which is now that's sunsetting because it's like every movie that i want to get is streaming on something so i'm right. just like ah, i'm not gonna pay t- i could pay 10 bucks for this or i could go over to hulu and watch it um we don't have that for comiXology and it's just like i like i i added it up it was like ten dollars for 20 years of iron man you know you could get you could get everything jack kirby drew for in silver age marvel for about $28 right now. Wow. And you don't crazy. need to have access to a cloud to read it. I mean, you can download all that on, get yourself like a 250 a gigabyte SD yep. disc 
And even if you no longer have cloud access, it's still there on your Kindle, on your tablet, on whatever. And it's, yeah. Yeah, and this is, I haven't been this exciting since they, Marvel used to do the DVD ROMs where they had PDFs of every book. And then Comixology really one-upped it because the scans are so much higher quality. You can do panel by panel view. Um, They're, uh, to your point, they're all in the cloud. So I can just, I can just download a book in about 30 seconds read it even if i just want to reference something and then just throw it back up in the cloud and i still have it it's i I just got a budget i'm kind of hoping that i usually get amazon gift cards which i'm hoping i can just use on comiXology but uh it's a game changer i sold a lot of omnibuses when i moved in the summer and it's like i don't need the jack kirby thors because i don't love thor but i can have them for a buck yeah it's it it's frighteningly good and it's Amazon run. So there's very little chance that it'll just disappear on you. Yeah. And um, even if it does disappear, you can still save them. The thing still yeah. works. They, right. You don't, you never lose them. You can put, put them all on a, on a, on a little Not a hard drive in your car hard drive. And you, you know, yeah. I have a four terabyte drive that fits in the palm of my hand. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I'd say the, uh, I'm finishing up justice league international volume two omnibus. This is the uh, Jay Mateus. I am still waiting for Unstock Trades to ship mine. Really? Yeah. I got mine weeks ago. Did nope. you, oh, you, so you might have did, didn't get it when the shipment hit. But uh, so I, most of this stuff I've never finished reading. I was reading like the trades they put out back in like the early 2000s when they did this run um, or when they finally reprinted the majority of it. Uh, so it's really cool and interesting. But um, on a word balloon podcast, they just did a talk. Um, John Suntress had two out of the three guys on, I think Giffen, um, didn't make it. I know it was, yeah, Giffen didn't make it. I'm pretty sure. Um, they did it for, I think Baltimore comic-con it was like streaming. So it was just like a talk they did, but it's just an interesting listen. If you can find it, which shouldn't be hard. It's on the same podcast that we are. Um, and it's just a conversation about how the book came along, what the process was, how it was working on the book. They talked about all the big moments, uh, you know, the one punch thing, not knowing at the time they were making this like iconic scene with Batman and Guy Gardner that would be repeated however many times, however many years later. Um, so I would say those two things are probably my greatest thing in the world this week. Is, yeah, and uh, we've, had J- we've had James DeMattis on the show several times, and he is a, a delight. fantastic storyteller. You can still find those episodes where we talk about Just League International, but nobody interviews comic artists better than John Suntress. Um, so that's definitely recommended. Steven, does volume two finish the run or do you, is there a volume three? Uh, no, this is the conclusion of the run is my understanding. So it's two volumes and it does both books cause it's doing justice league, uh, international and justice league Europe. Yeah. Um, so it jumps back between the two books. Uh, they're writing both books, but the art obviously is different. I'm now, I'm now in the Adam Hughes stuff, which is fantastic. And I can't remember the name of the penciler who's doing the, the sister book. Uh, Bart Sears did it for a long Bart time. Bart Sears, yeah. And so it's, it's not, you know, it's late 80s, early 90s artwork. It's not the greatest. No offense to Bart Sears. But um, early Adam Hughes is delightful. Uh, he's uh, fantastic. Yeah, so, I hope um, they ship it. I mean, In Stock Trades, it's a great uh, website, but they have, like, all these warnings. They're like, hey, due to COVID in the post office, yeah, uh, you might have to months. wait a couple of months. And I, I'm considering that book to be a pre-order 
So I'm yeah. not thinking about it until you mentioned that you already fucking have it. <laughs> yeah, well, so it's weird. I order mine on Tuesdays. Like I'm always like right at the thing. I'm ready to go. I get it as soon as they list them. And the, they, they do give you the books. I usually, I'd say I get them within two weeks. So like I usually, just ordered. Yeah. My last um, couple of orders have. Uh, New Mutants, the Omnibus came out volume one, which none of that stuff I've ever read. Um, so that's something I'm interested. I should get it in the next week or two. I actually got that on Comixology and I'm like struggling through the first block of issues. And I'm like the Sienkiewicz stuff. Everybody talks about the Sienkiewicz stuff. Everybody yeah. talks about Sienkiewicz. And I read two issues where they team up with like a fucking group of evil Knievels. <laughs> I'm like, God, I can't. Yeah. And Bob, Bob McLeod is good. I mean, he yeah, ate like Cra- Craven's last hunt, but I'm like, oh, I can't make it. So I'll have to go back to that. But um, if you can tell us how long you're waiting for the books you want <laughs> these days, there's ways to get in touch with us. Hey, tell us what you would get if everything on Comixology was a dollar. What's your dream run to have in your phone? Uh, there are ways to get in touch with us. You can go on Facebook, facebook.com slash caffeinated comics. And you can respond to one of the news posts that we always run or just send us a message. You can also find me at not in my book on Twitter and Instagram. That's what we're doing with the caffeinated comics, social networking feed. Elliot, how do we find you? Uh, You can find me on Facebook, uh, facebook facebook.com slash King of Geeks Chicago, as well as my personal Facebook page, and um, on Twitter and Instagram, at Elliot Serrano, two L's, two T's, and two R's. And Stephen, how do we follow the show? How do we follow you? You can find me on Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan, and you can find the show on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Amazon Music. Yeah, you got them. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> and well, next week will be the last of 2020. Our 2020 yeah. wrap up, probably Wonder Woman. Um, and God knows what the last week of this year Maybe. has. Maybe I've got a special guest, but I haven't talked to them yet, so I'm not going to say who it is. All uh, right, fair enough. But we will talk to you next week.